What else? Any other... Anything else we need to hit on? Anybody have any queries? Comments? Hmm. How much porn did you guys watch on the ships? Because the racks are, are pretty tight, pretty close quarters. Everyone was pretty open about it. People have had their laptops, so we would just borrow other people's laptops and go into the bathroom, and you would walk into the uh, stalls in the head and just see laptops lying, <laughs> lined up all throughout out the bathroom, and you can hear everyone just going at it. <laughs> and, and after someone was done, you're like, Someone else was like, hey, can I borrow your computer? And it was sort of like a, a cyclic rotation all throughout the day. Oh, man, I wish I hadn't asked that. That was not answered. I was anticipating. <laughs> I guess we'll end on that. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Longest Four. This week, we have Matt Darwin. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you're a Marine, so you're not very bright, obviously. Of course. Just kidding. Uh, so, you actually, you went to college before you joined the Marines. Yes, I did. You did a couple of years. You wrestled in college, right? Correct. In Iowa. So, you were like a big corn-fed backwoods dude, huh? Not so much backwoods. There's not much woods in Iowa, but yeah. Backfield, back cornfield, cornfed. Yeah. So you wrestled uh, in Iowa. Then you went to a year of military college Correct. in Georgia. What was that? It was very different coming from a college where I played athletics. Most of the people that have been or were at that school had, because I transferred in as a junior and I went right away into uh, the course where I would be commissioning, and I was uh, scheduled to go to uh, Washington that summer. And guys that were there were either in the Guard prior service or have already been at this, the school two years. So I have no clue the terminology or anything, what's going on whatsoever. So, so it was a tough acclimation. It was really tough. And all of a sudden, like... I go from like normal college to having to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, PT and wear Charlie's and ironed out BDU's, everything. So. And so the reason you were doing this, I guess, uh, you knew you wanted to join the military. Correct. But your father insisted that you go to college first to be an officer. Correct. And your father also really wasn't jazzed up about the military, he was a pacifist, yes. protested during Nam, made an exception for this war, kinda. So you go to college, but then you're like, fuck this. <laughs> and you leave and you enlist in the Marines. Two of my other friends decide to make a pact and they're like, if we drop out of the school, we're joining the Marines. So one of them joined about a year and a half after I did because he got in, into some trouble. Another one, my friends, ends up dropping out the semester after I went to boot camp, and I had no clue that he ended up enlisting because I didn't have contact with them. No one was sending me letters. I didn't get their addresses or anything like that. And all of a sudden, during the last like three weeks of boot camp, I see him in the chow hall at boot camp. So nice, yeah. So everybody fulfilled their their end of the bargain. Yes, we all did. What MOS did you want going into the Marines? 
I went in infantry. At first, I wanted to uh, be an O331 machine gunner. But when it, we went to SOI, School of Infantry, the different instructors were explaining what each MOS does. And uh, the O311 guide sold me pretty w well. He said, we're the ones that kick in doors and clear out rooms. And like, hmm, that seems like very exciting face-to-face, -face, something that I want to do. So. so if you go to SOI, like what are the options? Like, so you have O311. So you can be an infantryman, you can be a machine gunner, mortar as well? Mortarmen, and they have something called assaultmen. And then they have some other weird MOS where you uh, use the javelin on Humvees. Almost no one does it. So if you go to the school infantry, you're going to be one of those five jobs. Yes. And how do you, how, who and how do they determine which one? Do you get to pick at all? You get a pick, but you have tests that you have to take. And if you fail the test, you automatically don't qualify for all the other MOSs besides 0311. I passed all the tests, but several people in my infantry training battalion unit did not pass the test so much that they had to waive passing all three tests. And basically they gave the uh, top scores, whoever got the next top scores, a choice on their MOS. So I could have been like an assault man or a machine gunner. You could have done whatever you wanted, but you picked yeah. 0311 because you wanted to kick in a door, shoot yeah. dudes in the face. Sort of like when I went to my recruiter, I scored high enough on my ASVAB. My recruiter was in the air wing and he literally spent two weeks of trying to talk me out of being infantry. Yeah, which is surprising. You would think, you would think they would encourage the best and the brightest to join the infantry because that's that's where the life death decisions are. Made, yeah, you know what I mean. Yes. All right. So you joined. You go to Paris Island. Yes, I did. What time of year did you go? I went down in uh, June. It's like the worst possible time yeah. you go. It's hot. It's Wait, no, no. I I went in August. I signed my contract in June. I went in August. So, so you go in the summertime. Yeah, it sucks. You get out. You you finish school. Uh, what was your first first duty assignment? My first duty assignment, I was assigned to 1st Battalion, 8th Marines in Camp Lejeune. All right, and is that who you deployed with to Iraq? Yes, I did. All right, so you, this, when did you go to basic, 03? I went in 2003. 2003, 04, you find yourself in Fallujah as an infantryman. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. What company were you in? Alpha Company. You're in Alpha Company. And what was, what was your guys, so this was during the Battle of Fallujah. Yes. What was the battalion? responsibility and then what was your company's responsibility during that battle the battalion uh responsibility was go through the center of the city push through and clear out uh houses of jihadists and you're clearing out everything yeah. right? like every single door is getting either knocked it, on it, or unless you in. call in arty or airstrikes and it's everything's completely level but other than that everything's getting cleared out did you ever knock on a door no it's it's straight to either kick or the what's the thing they use like to did you guys have the battery yeah, ram? Yeah, we did. Also, uh, assault men specialize in uh, explosives and breaching doors. And sometimes they'd uh, breach a hole in the side of the wall. They'd put the charges so, yeah. on there and you just go through? Yeah. And out of those, like, how many times did you go in unannounced <laughs> and every, find people in there? Every single time. Yeah. Not, not people weren't in every single building, but it was unannounced every single time. And people were sometimes? Yeah. 
How how much time do you have to decide whether this is a combatant or this is a civilian? It's you don't have any time. The ROEs were everyone was a combatant, so so if you you breach, you go in, you enter. If they're a combatant, does that mean everyone gets shot immediately, or yeah. they get told to get on the ground? Everyone gets everyone shot because like the civilians have basically all left town because they know what's up. Actually, they uh, they gave a warning to all the civilians to evacuate town. So everyone that stayed was considered an enemy combatant. So m- women and kids are just gone. Yeah, for the most part. So these are all fighting age males. How long did that op take for you guys to clear the the city? The initial op was uh, around three weeks, but after that, it, there were still some uh, outliers around the uh, outside the city. So, so were you out for three weeks straight from the fob, or did yeah. you ever go back to refit or anything? We were out for three weeks straight. So they had to bring, they resupplied you in the field. Yes, they would run convoys out yeah. with more food, water, ammo. Yeah. Where'd you sleep? Wherever we could in uh, Bil- confiscated abandoned, uh, houses, confiscated buildings, and. Your battalion took a lot of casualties during that. Yeah. My battalion took a total of 22 casualties. That's a lot. Yeah. Because it's a relatively short amount of time. Correct. As you're going through that, like, and you're going through the op, you know, your day seven, eight, nine, the casualties start to mount up. How does the, the headspace change? Like, do you get more, does it motivate you, like, to kick in more doors and shoot more dudes? Or are you kind of like, shit? taking heavy losses, like, I don't know, what, what was your mindset when the uh, casualties start to mount up? It was definitely very, uh, very motivating until you start hearing names of uh, people in other companies that, you know, were your friends that you went through ITB and you're like, fuck, but you don't really have time to even think and, and mourn the loss, so. Yeah, so you yeah. can't process it, you just yeah. gotta keep muscling through it. Yeah. So what happens after that three weeks and you guys finally go back to the FOB? Like, what do you... Everyone's processing every... Well, in total, it took about... The entire operation took about six weeks, but everyone's processing everything, and it's just like... I don't think anyone really got to process anything until we, we, we came back home. Was it really tense? Like, when you get back after the six weeks? like People were getting really hammered and like really drunk and like emotionally pouring out. This was in the earlier days of the war. This yeah. was before like all the combat stress counselors and all that stuff. How'd the chain of command deal with that? They took us back and they they were reading off the symptoms of PTSD and it's like everyone has these symptoms, but no one was encouraged to seek help or anything like so they that. were aware, like the command knew everyone was struggling but like yeah. it wasn't it, and not not to you know not to cast any blame either because like this is the early days right like this was 0304 like yeah we've come a long way we've made a lot of progress yeah but they didn't they didn't like have psychiatrists or counselors or anything no so everyone's kind of every man for himself just deal with Bas- it on his own. basically did you go back to lejeune we went back to lejeune we were supposed to go back over to iraq but uh, word got up that we pe- were picking up with the 24th Mew in uh, and that's what year? Marine Expeditionary Unit. Correct. You were picking up with them, and what was the mission? We were supposed to go back to Iraq, but that never happened. What did you do with them? We ended up going to a bunch of ports, and uh, we were going over. To, uh, we went through the uh, Suez Canal. We went on a training op in Jordan a month long, and 
Word, rumors started floating around that we were supposed to go to Beirut, Lebanon to evacuate all the civilians. So we go back through the Suez Canal, get to Beirut, and we were sitting on a flight deck for over a week, all geared out as react for Charlie Company, who was evacuating all the civilians. So. Charlie Company was in, in Beirut. Charlie Company was in Beirut. And you guys were just waiting to get on birds go in as a quick reaction force to support if like the shit hit the fan. Correct. And luckily it didn't. Yeah. But we were talking earlier and you said you were looking into Beirut and it's not Fallujah, right? Yeah, like it's it, not a Middle Eastern city whatsoever. It looks like here in downtown Pittsburgh where there's skyscrapers. And, glass and steel, yeah. it's modern. Correct. It's not mud huts no. or mud buildings. So like you were looking in this place thinking if we got to go in there, it's going to be bad news. Yeah. It's nothing but high ground. And yeah. It's like super high buildings. Did any part of you kind of like, I know mostly you didn't want to go. Yeah. Because if you went, that means things were going bad really quickly. Yeah. Was there part of you that like kind of had the itch to get in there? A little bit of me, but everyone was just looking and saying like, it's not going to be good because of... uh all the tall skyscrapers and everything, they would have have so much high ground and everything. Sniper nests yeah. everywhere. And how many uh, civilians did they end up evacuating out of there? I don't have any clue. It was a lot, though, right? Yeah, it was a lot, so. How long was that? How long was Charlie Company in there? A couple of weeks, so. Oh, so it was a while. Yeah. But what did you guys do? Like, you just go up to the flight deck every morning and just wait? We would just stand on the flight deck with us, battalion recon, force recon. There was uh, naval EOD and just sit and, you and had bake your, in the sun. You had your kit with you, your, yeah. like, your rucksack, your, your vest, your helmet, your weapon. You're just waiting for the word. We're just sitting on, on the flight deck staring out at Beirut. Letting all of the worst case scenarios run through your head over Correct. and over. Man, that sounds like a blast. Yeah. So you ended up not having to go in. Yeah. So then what? What happens after that? We can't go to Iraq because we wasted too much time going back through the Suez Canal and uh, everything that happened in Lebanon. So we end up going to training op in Kuwait, which I did not take part of. Why didn't you take part in that? I just got back to, uh, from lifting weights on, on the ship. And I called my girlfriend at the time. She ends up dumping me, and I get so pissed off that I end up kicking the fire extinguisher as hard as my, I can, breaking my toe. What the medics say when you go in there? What, did you tell them the truth about how you broke your toe? Uh, I said I stubbed my toe. <laughs> you didn't tell them, like, oh, hey, guys, I got dumped, so I just took it out on the closest hard thing that I shouldn't. I, I did not say the that. The chain of command wasn't aware of why you broke your toe. Yeah. Also, I wasn't too happy being in the Marines, and I was applying to colleges on ship, and I got some acceptance letters, and I was very, very excited. So I end up running back from the computers in the library, and I end up uh, jumping too high through one of the doors on ship and end up knocking myself out and cutting my head open on ship. So I, I had to go and get my head stapled shop. So I had a broken toe and my head was split open. So you weren't much used to him at that point. Uh, I couldn't wear a Kevlar, the medic said. So, so you, got, 
You got to go to Dubai. That was the second time I got to go to Dubai because we uh, went on the way there too. So and Dubai is like so unlike Afghanistan and Iraq. And yeah, like it's not, or even Saudi Arabia. Like there's not like the the burkas. It's not super oppressive. Like they have alcohol there. Like it's it's like Kuwait, right? To a degree, it's like a modern, relatively modern country. I would say it's m more modern than most places out here in the U.S. And you were there during Ramadan. Talk about that, man. Like, what was it? So you're not supposed to drink. So Ramadan for the uninitiated, sun up to sundown, no food, no water, no cigarettes, no dip, no nothing. And if you're Muslim, you're not supposed to drink alcohol anyway. Yeah. But tell us about Ramadan in Dubai. They had, uh, on all the bars, they had blinds that they would pull down on the, uh, the window so you can drink in private. And I also found out, I saw several... Uh, Muslims that uh, appear to do whatever they want because they had enough money that nobody really cared. So yeah, like it's like it's not like uh, it's not like the Taliban rule over there. No, like it's pretty liberal, secular. They're Muslim, but they don't they don't take it too seriously. It seems like, which I don't know if that's the best way to phrase it. Like I don't, yeah. not to imply that they don't take it seriously, but they don't follow the rules. Yeah, for sure. They're they're not as strict with uh, their. Just like They're Christians crazy. that smoke weed, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so was that after Dubai, you get back on a ship? Yeah. And then what happens then? Where do you go? We ended up uh, stopping off in Rome again in uh, Toulon, France. We went to Marseille, France on the way there. How long were you in Rome for? We were there a week when we went, when we first went and a week when we came back. Did you get to go on shore, like hang out? Yeah. How was that? That was pretty amazing. It was like walking through a history museum, but the entire city. So, are you in uniform or you're in civilian? Clothes? No, we're in civilian clothes. But everybody's got the high and tight. Yeah, and it's a bunch of tatted up convict looking dudes, so they know that they're Marines. <laughs> Correct. It's the same thing in France. Like you just got to go hang out. Yeah, kinda. we just got to go hang out. Did so. you, was there a curfew? Did you have to go back to the ship at night, or could you just stay out as long as you want? They did curfew based on rank, and we had a midnight curfew unless we got a pass to stay, stay out in town. Was that possible, really, to get a pass? Yeah, it was. Man, we didn't get any of that stuff in the Army, dude. Like, we didn't get to go nowhere. We got to go to Afghanistan. That was it. Being on ship wasn't that cool because uh, we, di we didn't have anything to do. So we basically hung out and watched TV, watched movies, and lifted weights the entire time. And they would deci decide to field day the squad base. At the same time, the whole ship was being field day. So there was no place for us to go. So we basically, an entire company had to go out and hang out in the hallway until they, until they were done cleaning the uh, squad bay. Finally, after a few months, our, our chain of command is like, okay, we're, we're going to field day or, or uh, our birthing area at a completely different time than the rest of the ship is, is being cleaned. So basically, we, we got to hang out in our racks and watch TV then, but it was extremely boring. All there was to do was watch TV, read, and lift weights. So We, also, we had Tyler Benson on a couple episodes ago, and he was a naval officer, and he said he didn't hate it, but it was like it sucked when the Marines were on ship because they don't have like jobs to do. So he's like, they're just gym rats. Yeah. So like he, the Navy guys could never get in the gym because there's always like five meathead Marines in there, like 
grunting and lifting weights like at like at 2 a.m there's yeah. never any free time because you have nothing else to do no they had designated hours on when the marines could lift and the rest of the time was uh navy guys but the navy guys who were working would come in and lift during the marine time finally we just said screw this and uh went whenever we felt like it could you smoke on the ships uh there was a place you could go out and smoke and they uh our chain of command recommended that we uh, go out and uh, even if you didn't smoke to get the fresh air and everything. So so there was no like organized PT or anything? You didn't go run around the ship or any uh, of that stuff? We tried to run around the ship a few times and we did a ruck march on the ship, but everyone was so bored. Everyone was in the gym anyway, so no one was concerned about PT. So how long were you on the ship? Could for like for beginning to end of the tour six months six months and then you go where do you go after that you go back to Lejeune yeah we went back to Lejeune then what I was close to getting out I had about what was it nine months before I got out so normally at that point the guys who were about to get out just hang out drink get drunk stuff like that lift weights don't show up to formation or anything, but our uh, our chain of command's like, we're giving you a paycheck. We're going to make you uh, go on all these field ops and all, all this, and we're like, why? So here we are. I'm about to get out, having to do PT tests and going on field ops. One time, it was Valentine's Day, and I was in a fighting hole at, at Lejeune, and uh, the guy next to me was also came in with me and was also about to go out and they wanted us to stand post now we're on hour off in our fighting holes so we're like screw this we both passed out and fell asleep and a gunny comes up and starts chewing our asses out and saying that he'll have us dig a hole and fill it back in dig a hole and fill it back in the rest of the field off unless one of us stood post that wasn't happening. We both went back to sleep. You, you, just, you had short timers. So yeah. You just didn't care. Correct. But you were lucky because you'd already applied for schools. You'd been accepted. What all schools did you, had you been accepted to? Well, my girlfriend at the time that dumped me on ship uh, was from New Jersey, so I applied to Rutgers. I had family in Ohio, so I applied to Ohio State. And I also applied to Penn State main campus and WVU. So you got out, you went to WVU. Yeah. What was your major? Originally, I was a psychology major, but after a year, I'm like, uh-uh, because I had to take statistics. And uh, you, there was a bunch of prerequisite math courses that I had to take before I, I took the stat course. And... I had all my other like basic classes taken care of. So it would have been basically me sitting around taking random classes until I could go through and catch up on all these math courses. I'm like, I'm changing my major. I'm not going to sit here for like five, six years waiting to get caught up on math classes. So, so what did you change to? I changed it to history with a specialization in Latin American history. Why Latin American history? I was a Native American studies minor, and I knew a lot about North America, the indigenous people of uh, North America, but I was clueless about anything that happened in uh, Latin America. Took a few classes, and the professor 
for them was one of the most intelligent people I ever met. And I'm like, I love her classes. So I just decided to go with loaded up on those. Yeah. So you went three years of college before the Marines. Yeah. And like none of that basically transferred over. Uh, The basic classes did, but I changed my major about five times. So you know, doing four more years of WVU. But I was fine. It was WVU. I was having fun and I was getting paid through the GI Bill to do it. So did you ever think about doing wrestling while you were there? At that point, I was so burnt out from everything with the Marines and all that. I'm like, I just want to hang out and be a normal student. So I did play one year of rugby there when I first went. So what are you up to now? What are your what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm thinking about becoming, trying to get my teacher teaching certificate and becoming a history teacher. So. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah. I told you. Other people told you. You'd be the best teacher ever. You'd be like this, uh, you'd be like, man, we got an old hippie burnout <laughs> as our middle school history teacher, man. But you're good with kids, dude, surprisingly. Yeah. That's like a weird thing for a Marine to be like real good with kids. Man. I know. Bizarre. So, okay, last question. Would you recommend the Marine Corps to... I don't know, some kid graduating high school, not sure what he wants to do yet. Wants to go to college, maybe not right now. And they asked you, like, hey, tell me about the Marines. Would you recommend it or not? It depends on who, what type of personality the kid had. So if he's sort of lost, probably not the best place to go. But if he's dead set on serving and going into the Marines, I would definitely recommend it. So. All right, awesome. I think that'll, that'll be a wrap, man. Thanks for joining us today. Anything else you want to add? That's it. All right. We're good. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Longest War. If you like what you heard, please be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or your favorite podcasting app. 